Perkins waitresses and Percocets are the downfall of Tiger Woods. This is spoilers. This is spoilers. You're wrong for that. You're wrong for that. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit mean spirited, but this is your host, Pappy, the, the normally mean spirited one on the podcast. And we had the first time lineup. This would be the first Kylo Pappy episode, but we also have a special guest. We'll get to him in a second. But first, uh, Kylo, let me start with you. I'll ask Jonathan the same question, but uh, who are you? Where are you recording from? Are you a golf guy? And then, so it's a two-parter. Are you a golf guy? And what was your opinion going into this documentary about Tiger Woods? And what was it coming out about Tiger Woods? How did it change your opinion? A lot of questions there, Kylo, but start, start wherever you want. Yeah, that's a lot. That, that's good stuff, though. Yeah, this is Corey recording out of Simi Valley, California. And I am not a golf guy. I'm not super into many sports at all, actually. But golf is one that has definitely been off my radar for my whole life, um, with maybe the exception of Tiger Woods, to some degree, which I guess we'll probably get into later. So my impression of this documentary from like when I... Uh, heard about it to like when I started watching the very beginning I was like okay HBO Max is trying to do the last dance (laughs) and I think I even described it to that I I described it as such to a few people I was like okay the last dance is really popular they're like all right let's do ours now who do we got Michael Jordan's already done Mm -hmm. Tiger Woods but that that was just my perspective a podcast you also appeared on the last dance we covered those back in july interesting that you've made so many appearances on sports podcasts uh not being a sports guy and when <laughs> i made my big dumb movie debut it was on a sports movie you Little gotta Giants. have the random layman i think to give some perspective <laughs> for the people <laughs> <laughs> who is the kid who was like uh the dad was like raising his kid to be a football player stud like spike yeah, Spike. Yeah, I actually took a note that every day Earl Woods massages uh, Tiger Woods' hamstrings with evaporated milk. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. Speaking of big dumb movie, though, Jonathan, you're making your spoilers debut. We've podcasted together many times on Big Dumb Movie. I think most recently on the Santa Claus episode. Uh, same questions to you. We know you're recording with Kylo, but are you a golf guy? And how did this documentary affect your opinion of Tiger Woods? First off, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, I am recording out of Corey's house in Simi Valley. (laughs) Um, I I really wanted to go into this with an open mind um, because all my opinions about Tiger Woods were pretty much media based um, over the last, you know, what, 15 years of his turbulent life. Um, So... One thing that that podcasting about movies has taught me is just to go in with an open mind and make my judgments in the end. Um, so that's pretty much where I stand. Uh, I was a bit of a golfer throughout my high school years. Uh, I, I don't really follow it professionally, um, but I did have a really good time golfing didn't as, you, a, as a young uh, young lad. Didn't you say that you used to golf with your dad until you started beating him and then he wouldn't take you anymore? That's exactly what would happen. (laughs) He's like, you little bastard, you start beating me in front of my friends. I'm not taking you anymore. Imagine if Earl Woods behaved that way. Yeah, right. At least my dad never like came over and pushed my hands and, you know, jingled change in his pocket in my backswing. Tried to distract you and was generally annoying. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> banged whores in his Winnebago in front of you. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot to get he didn't, into. He didn't bang any whores. He took them back there for cocktails. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. I, uh, I should, yeah, mention I'm not a golf guy uh, per se. I don't have a lot of insight into the world of golf. I do follow sports quite a bit. Uh, it, it, Kyle, it's interesting they mentioned that this is like similar to The Last Dance or HBO's version of The Last Dance. A couple of differences, you know. One, obviously, Tiger wasn't involved so i think we get a more real and raw look at his personal life than we did with michael jordan at the last dance and two it's very much a psychological profile of tiger it is it is somewhat an autobiography but it's more of kind of almost making an argument of this is why the way he is starting with earl woods i guess jonathan you guys already sort of brought him up what, what was your impression of earl woods uh in tiger Man, um, my initial impression when he talked about him as a young tiger, um, I was like, wow, he's a really involved dad. He's pushing his son to do something he really loves. And as this story went on, <laughs> holy shit, dude, like this guy is just, I mean, a, a monster. I, I don't really know what else to say. Uh, I mean, yeah. borderline, like, like abusive, um, mentally uh not really you know so much physically except for making this kid like repeat uh, um his golf stroke a thousand times a day or something you know so i guess that's kind of a physically abusive <laughs> aspect but i mean i there's no way that i could ever stand behind earl as a good father I, after watching this i don't i don't think so for sure yeah i was thinking of pretty much similar things there like He's kind of a piece of shit, and the reason I think he's a piece of shit is because he he really took away Tiger Woods' choice, right? So, mm -hmm. like, one, one side could say, like, oh, well, he helps shape him into this very famous golfer that, you know, is inspirational to millions and et cetera, et cetera. His legacy, he's a millionaire, et cetera, but... Tiger Woods never really had a choice, and that's a problem for me. Like, a, a child should be able to choose if they want to pursue that on their own or not. And mm -hmm. the argument might be said, like, well, he would never have done that if it wasn't for Earl. Well, he should be allowed to not do that if he doesn't want to, you know? He should be allowed to yeah. go any route he wants. You and know, that, I'm sorry, but that, that brings up that point where um, there was the interview with Earl where he said, well, if we um, if he decided he wanted to bowl or he wanted to play basketball or football or whatever, then we would have supported him on that fully. But they never gave him the opportunity to even try anything else so based on this. Lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That was the first indicator that he was full of shit, you know, we can't dictate to him what he can be and what he cannot be. So as a consequence, what we do is we participate with him in golf. And if it was bowling, we would participate with him in bowling. Each and every one of us has our own life to live. And he has a choice to live his life the way he wants to live his life. Tiger Woods comes around the corner with a bowling ball and Earl's like, obviously you're not a golfer. Uh, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I and I think that like, you know, there's, there's two chapters. The first chapter you could really almost just be called Earl Woods. I feel like he's at the heart of everything. A quote that really stood out to me, uh, maybe we can even play the clip if I can find it. I know that I was personally selected by God himself to nurture this young man and bring him to the point 
where he could make his contribution to humanity. But it's, I know that I was personally selected by God himself to nurture this young man and to bring him to the point where he can make his contribution to humanity. It's, it al- it's almost like Tiger Woods was a t- like an experiment. You know what I mean? He wasn't even treated as a human being um, in a lot of ways. And, and the pressure that his dad put on him was just un- unreasonable, right? Like, like he was expecting him to basically be the second coming of Jesus Christ as a sports star. Yeah, I fully agree with you. And and that other part where he says he will transcend this game, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it was so factual, though. Um, but when you bring about uh, the part where he had like the other uh, military psychologist come out and teach Tiger how to hypnotize himself in order to <laughs> right? stay in the zone for that. I mean, really where... Where was he trying to go with this? I mean, this was just like, an, like you said, an experiment on his own mm-hmm. child. Like, right. how can you be a loving, caring father when you're running a psychological experiment on a freaking kid, man? Right. I wonder what his end goal really was. Like, was he gonna? Was golf gonna like bring about world peace? Like, rock and roll brings about <laughs> world peace in Bill and Ted. You know, like <laughs> right. I, was he expecting like almost like a Muhammad Ali esque? figure like i don't know it seems like there wasn't I think he really was on morality to, to have to have that happen uh so okay n- another character that i want to mention not as predominantly featured but i'm curious what your guys's read on her is uh tita woods tiger's mom a, a literal tiger mom if you will uh, i don't know i mean tita woods she seems more hands-off than earl for sure but they do make a point to tell us that uh, she was the other half of it but despite them saying that at one point and her saying that, like, you know, I'll spank him if he acts up, even when he's growing or whatever. I never really got the impression that, like, she had the influence over Tiger that Earl did by any stretch. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was like a 90-10 yeah. differentiation. Yeah. Um, you know, when she spoke about taking him to the golf course or the driving range rather than going to the playground with kids, um, I think that's more of where her contributions were or even psychologically her contributions were to um, look away, even though she knew that Earl was doing whatever it was that he was doing to Tiger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, the documentary doesn't really get into to what extent she was aware of Earl's infidelity, but she's definitely complicit, at least in the training and molding of Tiger. One thing I thought was interesting was that she like would shit on some of the other golfers like the documentary mentions like she calls like Phil Mickelson, whose nickname is Lefty, like hefty and like made fun of him for being fat and stuff like it's just pretty pretty ruthless eye of the tiger yeah. shit i gotta have her on the <laughs> podcast well. big dumb movie man she'd be a great <laughs> <laughs> she's hilarious uh mean-spirited just like pappy i had a stroller and a bottle so i let him hit the ball a little bit and when he get tired i give him the bottle and put in the stroller and go sleep it, interestingly I, I listen to a lot of sports podcasts it's kind of like it's a guilty pleasure walking around doing dishes type thing this didn't make as many waves as the last dance but that's also because this was like released during the nfl playoffs and and a lot of other sports things are happening right now but the one piece of footage that did seem to break through was like tiger woods dancing um and his first girlfriend i thought that she was one of the most interesting 
parts of the movie from like her exposure to Tiger to even you know the insights that we get from the way that they broke up. What did you guys think about? I don't have her name, uh, but Tiger was his first first girlfriend that we meet. That was that was Dina. Yeah, that sounds right. I I think um, she was such an influential character in his life. I mean, he found that same type of connection again towards the end. Um, I forget her name at at the moment, but the girl with too much plastic surgery. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. <laughs> anyways, but that that similar type of relationship he found with her again, which was where he could. Um, be in touch with his own self and his own thoughts and act the way he wanted to. Um, he could laugh. He could have a good time. He wasn't just stuck in the golfing frame of mind. Um, and, and I'm glad that she was able to provide that type of environment for him. I think the documentary, uh, tell explains to us that like his relationships from the beginning are like a form of escapism. And mm-hmm. at the beginning it's, for a good reason. He's escaping all this pressure so that he can escape to a somewhat normal life and he can do things that he never got to do. She says she took him bowling for the first time when they were like young adults or teenagers. He was like already in like college, right? Or like at the end of high school or something. He was up there. It's like a senior in high school. Mm. Uh, I mean, obviously later he had more relationships to escape other things for different reasons, but I think it kind of started there. And it's the first case of him cutting someone out of his life, which we see a few times in the documentary. I still don't believe that that was him doing that though. That was obviously forced by his dad and his mom. For sure. That Mm -hmm. letter. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, again, I'm, I'm very easily manipulated by documentaries. So I kind of just go (laughs) with the flow when I'm watching it. And I, I can never really pick up on like, they're trying to trick me right here. I I just can't like, I'm I'm so in for documentaries, (laughs) but that's the way the documentary frames it. And I believe it. So, Mm -hmm. I feel like the documentary also frames it in the sense that this was almost Tiger's last chance at a normal life, and his parents like shut that door for him. You know, what I mean, Kylo, to your to your point, they don't really give him any choice in the matter. Like the the anecdote is that he like spent the night at her house, like coming back from college or something, like a night before he went over to his parents' house, and that that was what led to to the breakup. I, I thought it was interesting too that. The Tiger doesn't seem to have any male friendships. You know what I mean? He has the relationship with his caddy, Steve, another person who he cuts out of his life, but he doesn't, there's, there's no like buddies of Tiger other than like Michael or Charles Barkley that the, the, the documentary talks about at all. I, I mean, maybe that was part of like Earl's, I don't know if you'd call it abuse, but like it's pretty inappropriate, right? For the dad to be your best friend and your coach and like your mentor and your business manager and all, all of these things. The, the thing with them saying that they're each other's best friends and then like so weird being interviewed and the interviewer is like, well, don't you think like you should have friends your own age? And like, they both just try to find clever ways to get around that question. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's weird. I think you mm-hmm. absolutely need friends. Um, you know, they, they shape you as a person and it's just part of growth. Yeah. It was totally part of his brainwashing, if you will. Um, to keep him on the course and isolated in order to, to um, keep pursuing this dream of being the, the next Messiah. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of like bled into Tiger's playing persona too. The documentary talks about it. He was he never had any camaraderie with people on the tour. He didn't seem to be friendly with people on the tour. Just two quick things from part one. Dina Gravel, 
Uh, that's her last name, Gravel, his first girlfriend. And then Rachel uh, Yucatel yeah. was the woman who we see at the end. Uh, what did you guys think about that last shot? Because I, at first I thought it was hilarious. And then looking back, it's like, there's a subreddit slash r slash fuck my shit up. Like she would be like front page of Reddit material. Like if she was posted there. Like and I feel like it's just kind of like, if not exploitive. Like you see that woman and you're like, oh yeah, that's one of the women Tiger had a, had an affair with. Like you, you instantly jump to conclusions. It's so sad that the settlement money went to her face. You know. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Is she took that take what you can get and she put it right all into her lips, like what, however yeah. many millions. She but. was like a really attractive woman in the the mid two thousands when they actually had their affair going on. Like I don't, all this plastic surgery just really put her over the edge. I mean, I kind of I want to be kind of nice. Like I agree. I, I think it's really sad when people have a lot of money and they spend it on plastic surgery and it invariably makes them look worse. Mm-hmm. But maybe it has to do with like psychological damage from being under the uh, lens of the media for so long and so often. Like The paparazzi were particularly mean to her, it seems. Didn't you guys get that vibe? They were like, yeah. They're like, maybe you should get an STD check. STDs are a real problem out there. Saying shit like that, it's just... Everybody got AIDS and shit. <laughs> yeah. What is, yeah. What is this, showgirls? <laughs> One guy's like, are you a fan of the song, Ooh Baby, I Like It Raw? And it's like, first of all, it's not even the name of the song. It's Shimmy Shimmy Ya yeah, by Old Dirty Bastard, you ignorant Don't paparazzi fuck. fuck. Oh, if she would have said that, that would have just been like a mic drop, dude. <laughs> exactly. Song is playing in the background now of the podcast. I I don't know. Do you? I do feel bad for her in some respects. You know what I mean? Obviously, she was an adult and she got herself into a situation that had consequences. But yeah, I mean, maybe the plastic surgery was was part of that. Uh, Jonathan, do, do you have any remorse for Rachel, or where do you stand on stand on her? She's not likable. But well, I don't know, man. I I kind of have an interesting take on that because. Um, I think Tiger really was longing for a genuine relationship with somebody. And with her, he got that same kind of relationship from when he was with Dina, when he was in high school. Um, and the, the marriage to Elin was just this media driven, um, sports figure front face of ESPN and Nike and all these other brands. Um, that was like that fairy tale um PR wedding and and marriage um so i think he really had the actual relationship he wanted with Rachel and and potentially a few others yeah potentially you don't get to dive into that as much as <laughs> allegedly exactly um but but i don't so i don't really feel um that she deserved to be uh, criticized and and put down the way that she was because I, I think that they genuinely had a good um, uh, relationship. Something that was healthy aside from it being an affair. Mm-hmm. There's a throwaway line that I wish the documentary would have explored more that she mentions that, well, she says that like Tiger refers to it as they're, when they hang out, bang, whatever they do, as his downloading time or whatever that's very plugging relaxing. in yeah plugging she called in. it yeah, plugging in and yeah my yeah. first thought when she says plugging in is i you know obviously yeah. i'm like yeah he is but <laughs> yeah, yeah it's such a weird way to phrase it hey now yeah uh but there's a throwaway line there too where she's she says something to the effect of tiger woods would 
eat cereal and watch cartoons when they were together. And it's like this regression into childhood. Did you guys pick up on that at all? I mean, yeah, I, one thing I, I, I question sure. with Rachel, one thing I question with Rachel is, was she special or did he have these? Because like a lot of the women come forward and say that they, they didn't think that it was just sex. You know what I mean? And none of them were prostitutes. Or, I mean, maybe some of them in Vegas were at the end, but it seems like he had a lot of like an emotional, um, intimate connection with a lot of these women. Not a single one of them talked about that type of a relationship with him, though. They didn't talk about him having the comfortability and and being at ease enough to like sit there and eat some Fruit Loops and watch Tom and Jerry. You know, like a couple of them mm-hmm. did, but they weren't interviewed directly. For this documentary, they showed clips of other interviews, you know? Yeah. And I think there was one or two of them that said, you know, he told me we'd always be together and shit. Yeah, but but that doesn't necessarily lead to him being like... Breaking in out that state of mind and breaking regressing, out loops. yeah, <laughs> you know, um, you know, picking all the marshmallows out of the Lucky Charms. Um, I, but for her to be able to have that type of environment where he could regress and like re-explore the childhood that he so missed you know he never had it Mm -hmm. when someone accuses an adult of watching cartoons and being childish you never know with that because he might be watching anime or something that's adult oriented (laughs) and she's like oh this little fucking idiot watching cartoons you know or maybe he's watching rick and morty who knows he's like i just gotta see what happens next time on dragon ball z they're finally gonna tie up this frieza line i know it this next episode is super saiyan is coming i swear yeah um, the National Enquirer piece. This kind of ties into the Rachel. You could tell they he was extraordinarily brazen. Did I? I had no sense of like the. It's not. I guess not blackmail, but you know the the quid pro quo with his men's fitness stuff. Kyla, what did you think of of that? That was shocking to me. That, that I didn't even know that kind of stuff goes on. Well, I thought that pretty much everything in those types of tabloid papers was just bullshit. Like, I just assumed that off the bat. I guess I'm like Elin in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But apparently, they do find valid... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Haven't you ever watched Men in Black, dude? That's where they get all the stories. Oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) They call it like the hot takes. The hot takes. Yeah. (laughs) Bat boy. Yeah. I I mean, it it wasn't that hard for them, though. They just had to follow the trail of tampons, apparently. Jesus. That was so gross, dude. (laughs) (laughs) They fucking save that shit. That's some raunchy shit, dude. I mean, first of all, like, how desperate do you need to be to take the waitress from a mediocre chain restaurant to a church parking lot and pull her tampon out and throw it out the window he was just to get trying, laid. He was just trying to make Charlie Kelly jealous. Yikes. <laughs> the waitress. <laughs> Do you guys have Perkins out LA, LA way? Or is that a Midwest no, restaurant? No. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. It's extraordinarily I, mediocre uh, fare. Is say. it like a Waffle House thing? Because we don't got that either. It's more like... Between a Chili's and an Applebee's, I would say American. Type oh, okay. stuff. I think they have like that, a that's big like dessert. The fancy for me. That's like my budget. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Chili's Chili's has a pretty good two for twenty five meal right <laughs> yeah, there. Man. That's, <laughs> it's a good night for me. <laughs> <laughs> They're known for their pies and their waitresses um, mostly. What did you guys think about the National Enquirer guy? Like, it's he seemed to delight. In the fact that a tampon was recovered from the church parking lot where they they were having this affair, I 
I know if Brett was on, he would talk about how much he fucking hated him um, because Brett hates the media and free speech and all that. I don't know. What, what did you think, uh, Kylo? Well, I think he looks like a fucking doofus. So he stands out from everyone that's being interviewed because he's wearing a big yellow bow tie and he's got like these like old fashioned huge glasses. Uh, so he, he immediately stands out. I don't know if that was a choice by him or the documentary people were like, hold on, we're going to rearrange your wardrobe a little bit so you look like a <laughs> shitbag. Uh, he just seemed kind of slimy to me. I deal mm-hmm. with slimy people a lot on a day-to-day basis, and uh, he definitely fits in with one of them. I mean, for work, by the way, not like in my personal life. <laughs> <laughs> the, the spoiler thread is full of slimy people. Is yeah, that what you're trying I to say? With them no. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. He, he's very unlikable. And like I said, the whole, like, I, I guess it's like a catch and kill type thing where they caught him in the act and they agreed to kill the story for, I said, a quid pro quo of Tiger doing a cover of Men's Fitness. Like, really greasy, like, especially, like, when you see, like, the cover of Men's Fitness. And I don't know, like, he looks kind of dead behind the eyes in that cover. It's, it's very, <laughs> very sad. It sets the tone in the documentary. It's a really smart idea to show that cover right as they're saying it. <laughs> Because then you read into it really deeply. And yeah, I was, I was thinking the same thing. A hundred percent. I'll I'll skip over a, a little bit of the golf. I, unless, Jonathan, you have anything. The, the 08 US Open, what, did you watch that at all? That, that was the one where he was very injured and he says to his caddy, fuck you, I'm winning this tournament. Do you, do you remember that happening at the time? I remember hearing about it and watching it, but I, I never really followed golf. But I mean, then again, Tiger kind of made listening or knowing a little bit about golf acceptable to the everyday sports fan, you know, um, Mm -hmm. if you didn't even really follow golf, you still knew kind of what tiger was up to. Um, I didn't know the extent of that injury. Um, and then to watch the injury actually happen when he made that swing and then watch his, um, his golf cleat slip, and then to play through three more days of golf with a broken leg. And, and they, they insert on. the sound of the mm-hmm. crunch. Yeah. That is insert definitely. Ce- <laughs> insert celery <laughs> sticks <laughs> snapping in half. Like, <laughs> um, the funny yeah. thing is there's sound design. Someone's actually doing that probably behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ferociousness of this man to like pursue that goal of, of winning with a as much injury as he was carrying was just wild. Mm. It wasn't just three more days of golf. It was actually, and it, this is interesting. So it was actually four more days of golf. Cause it went into like overtime and different golf majors ha- handle their extra golf differently. The U S open just plays like in a, another 18 holes the next day. So he went into Monday having to play 18 more holes. So it's more golf than he would normally play. And after that, it was even tied, I think for like only the second time ever. So it went into like, a 19th hole on like the fourth day of this tournament. And he's just doing this on an injured leg. And there was, uh, you're, you're right. Especially to me, the more casual sports fan, anytime Tiger would be in contention, it would get a lot of news and buzz, even in a pre Twitter world that that something cool was happening. Uh, But a little bit down the line, the documentary goes more into his injury, which I'm not as interested in Uh, Kylo. Do you remember the Thanksgiving car incident though? This felt like it crossed into mainstream, you know, world world news really. Yeah. So here's the interesting thing though. My only exposure to that is through South Park. 
<laughs> Which is really <laughs> like addiction episode or whatever. Yeah. There was an episode where they get the new Tiger Woods video game. And it's just like you driving and your and his wife is chasing him with a golf club in the car. <laughs> oh and like that's God. the game. That's the new Tiger Woods PGA. That's so bad. <laughs> but where the f do you think that you're going? I'm getting the f away from you! Open the door, you mother! Oh yeah, chase after me in the car, Kenny. What are you guys doing? Dude, check it out. It's EA Sports Tiger Woods PGA Tour 11 for Xbox. Stop breaking through the window, Kenny. So, like, I didn't really understand what happened. I thought it was more of a, a physical domestic dispute where there was, like, potentially domestic violence just off memory and from that South Park episode. I didn't know exactly the way it went down until watching it in this. And even this is a little bit unclear, uh, but they do give us... I guess some shades of what they tell us in South Park. They have like a weird CGI recreation that was probably pulled from some news channel, right? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it was like some some Chinese like news recreation. Yeah, like CGI <laughs> Tiger Woods is like being chased by a CGI wife. It that looks was like a, one of the best parts of the whole documentary. I laughed so hard. <laughs> it's so awkward. <laughs> is it as awkward as the apology though that he issues that? The um the documentary goes out of its way to it, it inserts opinion a couple times. Um, one of it, I feel like the documentary has a sense that the apology was a mistake. It, it's certainly extraordinarily uncomfortable to watch, even now. Like the people in the crowd, like most, a lot of them have their eyes closed or are looking at the ground while Tiger's making the speech. I don't know. Do you, Jonathan? Do you think that was a good move? Uh, the the apology press conference. I think he had some pros and cons right there. Um, first of all, I don't think he needed to publicly address the issues that he was having in his life and apologize for that to anybody except for the people that were involved. Um, so it was kind of a bad move. But then again, at the same time, he also needed to save face with all of his sponsors, all of the, the, um, companies that he had major contracts with he had to save face with the um uh golf association it's like so so how do you go about that doing it privately like they all would want something public to be done so i think he did it from a career standpoint rather than a um, personal relationship standpoint mm -hmm. i would i can only assume that the sponsors made him do that you know well it was his like pr you know, agent that would have to make that call for him. But the, the PR agent probably had tons of pressure from everybody. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Pappy? Do you think that was on his own volition or not? Well, he still lost a lot of sponsors because of it. Uh, from what I know outside of the documentary, that there was a lot of contention within Tiger Woods's, you know, many, PR people and publicists and lawyers and Nike and like you said the PGA too there there wasn't you know a united front necessarily this was the right thing to do I I don't know I don't know if it was the right thing to do in the sense that like it didn't it didn't seem to help you know what I mean I don't know if anyone really heard that and thought differently of Tiger Woods um I what I do think was over the line was the Billy Payne, the the Masters uh, chairman or the Augusta guy, when he was totally like accosting Tiger Woods, I thought that was extremely 
inappropriate for like the, the chairman of a sports tournament to to step in. Um, I actually want to backtrack real quick too because Brian Gumble talks about that. Brian Gumble, uh, you know, famous uh, HBO sports uh, hosted Real Sports or still does for many years on HBO. Famous Dave Chappelle reference. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? What is the reference, <laughs> Kylo? Do you it's remember? It's like Wayne Brady. He says he makes. Uh, oh no! It's it, yeah. It, it's, it makes Brian Gumble look like Malcolm X. There it I is. Think Thank you. Is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So I actually do want to talk about the the race thing a little bit. Like I said, the the documentary inserts itself not very often uh, with an opinion, but it definitely has the opinion that. Um, so back in, in his twenties, Tiger Woods said on Oprah that he identifies basically as his own made up race called Cablasian, uh, which is a combination of Asian, Caucasian, black, a, a couple other things, but Native American, he's, he's, he's got a, uh, United Nations of, of ancestry. Um, yeah, this was very disappointing to a lot of people in the black community. Uh, the, like I said, the documentary, echoes a lot of those voices and then sort of the other side is represented by like one kind of jerk off guy on some espn show who's like hey why is tiger woods gotta choose and then he gets like shot down by like three other people i my only my only criticism is i think that this is a more nuanced conversation than the documentary gives it credit for i'm not even saying that i disagree with them that they're, you know, or that they're in the wrong to be disappointed by Tiger Woods saying that. But I just feel like it wasn't, it, the documentary didn't treat it with any nuance. And I'm sure if this would be something that Tiger Woods was involved in, that he would, he would have something to say to that point. I, you guys don't have to touch that if you don't want to, but did you guys have any thoughts on the, the whole sort of cablation part? Yeah, I think, I think it shows his age when he says that, cause he was very young. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think as he experiences the world more, he moved away from that and kind of didn't become a thing anymore. I, I think it is, me personally, and I, I'm not saying I'm right about this, I think it is a little bit naive of him to um, move away from the label of being black. Because, and it's addressed in the documentary, that's, and unfortunately this is the way of the world, this isn't my opinion, but that's the way he'll be treated as a black man. Right. And, you know, to to come in and say, well, I'm not actually totally black is, I, I just think, a little bit naive. But, again, just my opinion. Don't get mad at me, please. Well, I think <laughs> uh, Brian Gumbel kind of touched on that, too, where he talked about his grandkids who were half black and, and half white, I believe. And he said, well, yeah, we're, our, my grandkids are going to identify as black because if anything is going to happen, then they're the ones that are going to be called out because of their race. They're going to be called black. Right. They're going to get un- the unfortunate negative right. repercussions that sometimes come with being non-white. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the only the only counterpoint I would have to that is it. I'm not a big slippery slope guy. I don't I don't like to deal in hypotheticals, but it does make me uncomfortable that we have a group of you know external people saying you know based on your phenotype, based on the way that you look, you're a this, and you got to say that you're a this. You know what I mean? And then there's just no voice of Tiger Woods in that. I'm not again. I'm not. I I totally get that the 
the broader historical implications of what Tiger was, who Tiger was, was, and what he was doing for the sport of golf. But I don't, I don't know. I, I just thought that the, the counter argument deserved a little bit better than that one, like weird guy going, Hey, come on, what's wrong with Tiger having to choose, you know? But I, I don't, I don't know. Um, there's only really two more points that I want to I hit. I think Jonathan home. had a quick thing. Oh, oh, go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. I, I just, I felt like, um, with today's, issues that are currently being covered in the media with the the race cards and all that kind of thing. If Tiger Woods wasn't the brand of Tiger Woods, when he got pulled over in Florida, like mm. how differently do you think that would have been or or could have gone? Like if he wasn't the public figure if, of Tiger Woods. Right. If he right. wasn't the brand, if he was just an assumed black guy and and obviously impaired Right, like it might not. How, it might not have been as pretty, is what you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and and imagine, you know, just his life could have taken a totally different turn at that point. Mm-hmm. And Brian Gumble even uh, says something similar along those lines too. Is you know when when something bad happens, and I think even Wanda Sykes has it in her stand up set when they're showing like that reel of uh tiger being made fun of that as soon as something bad happens it's going to be you know black golfer does this and brian gumbel says you know growing up there was always a saying that you hope the person at the you know the guilty party in a story that wasn't black uh just because you know it would be used as ammunition uh against you by by racists down the line but you jonathan you touched on the dui man it's a it's a low point of the documentary it comes about um four and a half or what would that be like yeah three and a half hours into this four hour documentary um well, yeah were, somewhere around there yeah what were you guys just thought seeing seeing definitely you know the low point of tiger's life unfold you know what one thing that always comes to mind when you hear about um celebrities or athletes um actors whatever it is and they're all of a sudden five six opioids deep on this addiction um who the hell is looking out for these guys and mm-hmm. and who the hell is just like turning their eye and allowing this to happen? These people, if they're that valuable to to their, you know, PR teams, um, careers and and futures, then why would they allow these people to go down such a slippery slope of like opioid addiction? Because they know it's happening and they're just turning cheek. It is strange that his addiction, to me, it felt like very much a secret thing. His drug addiction, I mean, not his sex addiction. But somebody had to know that it was happening. I guess somebody you're right. Somebody had to. I There's guess- no way that you could be stuck on five opioids and be Tiger Woods and nobody freaking know. Right. I guess I mm-hmm. see what you're saying. I mean, to us, the viewer, yeah. When and when he gets the DUI or DWI... And he goes to court, and then after that, shortly after that, he goes to drug treatment. Like, I had never heard anything in the documentary before that that he was a drug addict. <laughs> so yeah. it was just strange. <laughs> like, yeah. I just as a viewer. Well, that mm-hmm. was because the year, that same year, was when he had several back surgeries and back fusions and stuff like that. And he, they talked about him um, taking all the uh, painkillers. I see. That. Like a recent thing. So it was, yeah. Recent yeah, yeah, it was like within the year because he was, his ACL was totally missing. He had the knee repair. He had the back fusions. I mean, he was going through some shit, man. And mm-hmm. and his his body was just ruined from hundreds of thousands of, of golf swings. The dick was still working though. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Overtime. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Opioids can't slow Tiger's dick down. Uh, yeah, but you do wonder, was it like a Conrad Murray situation that, that the guy was Michael Jackson's doctor? Is it just someone who's just kind of writing on this blank pad? And even uh, moreover, if Tiger's on Ambien and all these prescriptions, why is there not some sort of assistant handler someone in between his bedroom and his car keys you know to prevent him from wandering out of the house because i mean lots of people have uh sleepwalking things on ambient i'm sure if you throw in those other those other drugs but it's it's really hard to see uh like the mugshot of tiger woods him you know the police officer pulls him over he's he tells him to say the alphabet without singing it and then he asks him to repeat back the instructions and tiger woods says something like don't sing the national anthem backwards it's really it's it's disenchanting and and just difficult to see someone in that situation especially after all all they've been through did kylo though as not a golf guy i I don't know if you remember us talking about it in the spoilers group thread when tiger woods was making his his masters run do you did you feel a sense of redemption in the last 20 20 30 minutes of the film because it's you know it's a gift to these documentarians right that this even even <laughs> happened because it's a perfect ending. I don't, I don't know what it would have looked like ending without without that. Right, and it goes to show how recently made this was. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, this was literally like a year ago. That ending was mm-hmm. a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Year March of two thousand nineteen. Yeah. 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 We're we're not counting March twenty twenty until now as a year. <laughs> yeah, it's still March. It'll be stricken from my book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I did think it was a good ending for. Uh, this documentary to show that he was able to come back. It was unclear to me as a viewer if he ever beat that Jack Nicholson guy, but he has he, not. Nicholas, yeah. Jack Nicholas. <laughs> yeah, he has yeah. yet. He has he yet to take over. Yeah, <laughs> he has yet to take uh, take over the record. I He's see. got like I think what four? He needs four more, four more majors. Oh, okay, well that's three more. That's kind of yeah. a lot. Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Did you ever dance with a Perkins waitress in the pale moonlight? <laughs> I just asked that of all my prey. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, I do like seeing him succeed. That is really cool to see after going through so much trouble. I I can appreciate that as a fellow addict, you know, coming off of that. And it's good to see that he was at least seemingly like closer with his kids than uh, he was previously. Like, you know, they seem to be, uh, you know, a big part of his life. And he, Personally, he seems to interact with the other players better. And again, this is all just stuff the documentary is pointing out to me. So this could just be one-off stuff. I could be being totally manipulated. I think you could take it as face value on that one. Okay. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, totally totally a changed person after coming back into the PGA. Like seeing him enjoy the game for the first time rather than um, being out for blood. Um, it, It was really cool to see that. Side note, mm-hmm. did you catch the reference in there where he talked about why he always wears that maroon, dark red colored shirt? No. Yeah, like he he wore that color like for almost every major. That was because he was out for blood. Like that was the color of blood. And that was his <laughs> reference. His dad like instilled that upon him. Nice. His, t- his tiger mom probably had a little bit of a hand in that too. Yeah, I don't... I, I wonder sometimes, and I, and I think... You know, I think it's unfair sometimes that the media and marketing companies have, and Jim Nance at the end of the Mansers portray this like narrative that all's well with him 
and his kids. I, I'm not a, I'm not going to play body language doctor, but you know, I watched that golf tournament very closely and the celebration very closely. I didn't get the sense that his daughter is as on board with a tiger situation as his son. I felt actually a little bit bad that she was, she was out there. I've never heard anyone else say that. That might just be me, but I, 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 I hope the kids get the space and they're not, you know, forced to be like, Oh, everything's hunky dory now by, by Nike money. But that's, I don't know. That's pretty much it. It's a, it was a really good documentary in my opinion. Uh, I had, I guess that's, I don't think I have any final thoughts really. Did you guys have anything that we didn't touch on? I'm just going back through my notes. Did oh. we make the, it's always sunny joke that one of his favorite things to do is banging whores. Banging whores. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of did with Earl Woods, but no, okay. well, it's g- good to bring up. It was <laughs> definitely Earl's favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's genetic. Yeah. Banging horse is genetic. <laughs> yeah. You get that gene passed down. Yeah. What do you guys think about the army thing? Speaking of Earl Woods, that was a big part of chapter two, his obsession with doing army stuff. I think it's interesting that someone for fun participates in the exact thing that would be my very nightmare. Um, <laughs> he's not just doing your generic army boot camp shit. He is doing Navy SEAL training, which just sounds horrifying when they describe it to you. Uh, they described one of the things that, and plus, I've seen G.I. Jane. That's some, I don't want <laughs> Vigo Mortensen trying to rape me, okay? <laughs> but uh, one of the things is like they put a bag over your head and they take it off and you're, they're presented with just a situation that you have to react to, which is usually just people beating the shit out of you. <laughs> Dude, that was just his like BDSM Wednesday nights, man. <laughs> right? Like, that was no different for him. <laughs> <laughs> But you know that that what's interesting about that whole military training thing like it's really not that far off man because like Earl was a green beret and his job in Viet fucking Nam was to go Damn Nam's what happened was was to go behind enemy lines and like plant C4 blow up C4 C4 yeah C4 um I don't want that um was to go behind enemy lines and blow up like uh, uh, army bases, the Vietnam army bases. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it, it's like everything that his dad ever did. He did. Mm-hmm. It's so wild. Well, it's even down to like when in Vegas, which this movie or this documentary, I, I feel like it, it, it almost blames Las Vegas for a lot of things. Like even when they're showing like, Las Vegas, this like ominous music is playing while they're, like they're doing this establishing <laughs> shots of the city. It's like, well, you know, he, he made a lot of choices there. Like, it's, <laughs> just because the temptation exists doesn't make the city inherently evil. Vegas um, is just the land of opportunities. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but like, e- even like when they're talking about like how he's having sex with ten women at a time, like towards like the height of his sex addiction, like they're all kind of like these blonde young women, which is the exact way that the golf pro at the Navy club describes it. The women that Earl would have sex with. So it's like almost like exactly to a T like, yeah, he's having like, I don't, it's so, it's so well done in that sense, like painting the parallels between you know, what Earl instilled and what tire tiger became. But, um, let's go ahead and jump into yes or no's. Um, I, I'll go first real quick. I'll, I'll give both chapters hard yeses. Uh, thought this is like very superior to the last dance i'm only comparing the two because you know these are the last two sports documentaries we've done on the pod but i 
think not having the athlete as the like the head executive producer makes a big <laughs> difference in the in the outcome of the of the storytelling. Um, the only the only thing that I felt was missing or weirdly omitted is that Tiger Woods had a very high profile relationship with Olympic skier Lindsey Vaughn, basically in that kind of uh, drug addiction time i don't know if it ended right after that or right before that um but I, I thought that was weird it was very high profile tabloid relationship with another famous athlete the documentary didn't touch that at all but other than that i was very satisfied with everything that we got to see like i said it's a very much a psychological portrait of why tiger woods the way is the way that he is um i'm sure that Tiger Woods has some sort of deal with a media production company and he's going to come out with his version of this story where he has all the creative control. And it will be interesting to see, you know, like the Delta between Tiger's version of these events and HBO's version of these events, but, but definitely worth the four hours or whatever it is to, to check out. Uh, I don't know who's weestest. Uh, Jonathan, you're the guest. Why don't you uh, go ahead and go next? We do a yes or no here on Spoilers. Not any rating scale that you like, unfortunately, unlike Big Dumb Movie. But <laughs> Yeah, no worries. I, I actually am weestest uh, compared Perfect. to where Corey's house is, so that works out. Um, I'm like a mile from the ocean, so that's cool. Um, so this, this is going to be a Tiger Woods in 2008 in Vegas hotel room hard yes for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I I laughed. I cried. I got the chills in some of this story. I learned and, and understood the story that they were trying to tell, whether or not that's exactly the truth. I don't know. Um, you know, that it's his, hers, and, and the truth. Uh, we all know that about documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obvious where he was just, abused as a child and forced by his dad to do this, um, thing called golf. Um, and and I don't agree with, with anybody that says that it was okay to force that upon him. Um, it's obvious that it developed tiger into this phenom on the course. Um, but off the course, man, he, he's, he's just a man and he made mistakes that, that we see in our lives all the time. Um, and, and it's just elevated because of his celebrity status. Um, but just, you know, the magnitude of his relevance to sports, media, marketing, businesses, it, it's just so elevated that he could never just be treated as a regular man, no matter what. Um, and, and it would nice, it would be nice to see in the future how he, uh, overcomes everything and gets back to, a real genuine person and be there for his kids and whether or not he's ever married again or has another committed relationship, we'll see about that. But, um, (laughs) as long as he can end up being the best father that he can be for his kids, then, then, um, I'm going to be good with that. It, it, but at the end of the day, it's all just, it's a really shitty price to pay for being such a prodigy to the game of golf. Mm hmm. Yeah, I like that you said that he had, you know, he was elevated to such a level. Growing up, it was like after Michael Jordan retired, it felt like there was always kind of this like looking for the next biggest sports athlete, and then Tiger Woods instantly filled filled that void. Jonathan, you might be the next biggest spoilers guest. You had a great appearance today. It was great having you. But the next best new spoilers host, who we added, our most recent host, Kylo, bring us home here. What do you give chapters one and two of the Tiger Woods HBO documentary? 
Well, first of all, that was very well said, Jonathan. I agree with a lot of that. I'm going to give this documentary a hard yes, thoroughly enjoyable, but I got to admit I am very distracted by something Pappy said a moment ago about Uh Tiger Woods' response movie. I can't help but think of uh, the Michael Jackson situation. I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was the Michael Jackson documentary where a guy, a documentarian came and moved in with him for a while and released this documentary on Michael Jackson that just made him look fucking awful. So Uh Michael Jackson had this biopic made in response, which also didn't make him look very good either. It was kind of funny. <laughs> um, I, he, you could tell he was trying, but like he, there were, things were mishandled in some areas, I just got to say. Um, but that's, that's really on my mind. I want to see Tiger's like, response biopic where someone else plays him, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's a really good documentary, though, and I love documentaries a lot, so I'm pretty much in for any of them. I never really know how true they are in the end or not in a lot of cases, but I just think it was uh, it was very interesting and uh, very enjoyable. And to quote Casey Jones, I'll never call golf a dull game again. <laughs> uh, there you have it. Two, or wait, two, four, six, six yeses. That makes Tiger all the episodes uh, preserved. Again, Jonathan, thank you for coming on. Spoilers, it was great to have you. I love podcasting with you over on Big Dumb Movie. It's even more fun to podcast you over podcast with you over here. Uh, any any final words, Jonathan, that you, you want to say before we toss it to Spoiler Man? Uh, yeah, th- thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. It was a good time. Um, there was only one more question I had was, did you guys catch like how much home video of tiger was out there? Like as a child though, like who, who was there recording this stuff? Like all the time, they never talked about where all of this home video came from, you know, like it was, it just seemed kind of weird that his whole life was basically documented since he was 10 months old. I was thinking about that as I was watching this as well. Like, how, how did those get out there? And I could only assume in things that occurred before this documentary, like uh, they gave them to like the news or they gave well, them to... It, not, not so much how did the footage get released, but who was doing the filming? Was it his mom? Oh. So maybe her, I just thought about that. Maybe her involvement was way more into it than we ever thought. Yeah, it because, was behind the camera. Yeah. <laughs> It was, was a uh, <laughs> it was a waitress from Perkins, and that's kind of where the whole thing started uh, <laughs> from him from a very young age. But thank you for listening. I don't know what's coming down the pipe, uh, but because I don't know when this is going to come out. But in the meantime, Spoiler Man will take you tell you how to get a hold of us. Take it away, Spoiler Man. Special thank you to our patrons: Nick, Druid King, Brother Brian. If you would like to help spoilers continue to make podcasts, please consider going to patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. Hey y'all, Josh here. I wanted to let you all know that Spoilers started using Podcorn a couple months ago. It's a marketplace that connects pods like ours to sponsorship opportunities. Podcorn has made us feel compensated and more protected than the townsfolk hold up in Helm's Deep. A huge plus for Podcorn is that they've really streamlined the process of looking for advertisers. All the sponsorship opportunities are listed in one place and you can favorite and mark sponsors that you think will fit your vibe. 
Probably the best part about Podcorn is there are no intermediaries. Whether your pod is as tiny as Baby Yoda, Grogu, or as massive as Galactus, you can browse and choose opportunities, set your own rates, and collaborate with brands directly. Podcorn is designed to give transparency, creative freedom, and full control of monetization. So, spoilers gives Podcorn a Vigo Mortensen yes for sponsoring this episode. Click the link in our show notes for more info on Podcorn. Happy there. Hello. Hey, I can hear you now. Oh, hello. My thing was about power. Yeah, I couldn't Jonathan hear you either. Jonathan is just telling me how nervous he is. Oh no! <laughs> why? Why <laughs> do I? Sure. Why do I make you nervous, <laughs> Kylo? You're like too much pressure to do a Kylo Pappy pod, and I'm like, oh great. <laughs> that makes me feel <laughs> well, good. <laughs> um, I. Like, I feel like with something like this, like something completely out of my wheelhouse, like the less I have to say, the better. Uh, well, this is totally out of my wheelhouse. That's why we need Stevie. Stevie's the golf guy. What was that? Stevie's the golf guy? God damn it. Is Jonathan like off mic or something? He sounds... He is. Yeah, okay. I don't have my mic set up. I'm, okay. I, I'm late. Dude. I just got I, here. I don't know if he can hear no. you. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, I can like barely hear you. I wasn't meaning to like... He's probably picking up from mine. You'll have to yeah. switch yours on as well. Yeah, I'm setting up. Hang tight, big dog. Uh, I'm hanging tight. <laughs> All right. I'm get, getting dialed in here. There we go. Are we, are you, can you hear me now? Hey, now. Yep. Was yep. that stupid ass Verizon commercial? Can you hear me now? <laughs> oh, fuck Sprint? that shit. <laughs> I, uh, I dated a girl, well, for a long time, um, that like really was just tickled by commercials. Like She, she would constantly bring up how funny she thought certain commercials were and i just hated it it was like a real point of contention in our relationship commercials aren't a part of my life like anymore at all that's me. It's great Run ahead. see that's confusing because this is plugged in over there and yours is plugged in over here no this is actually the input oh that's our input yeah. oh, okay well that's dumb I, it is weird like because yeah. they don't you're right i always like get fucked up yeah. plus it doesn't have actual numbers like the word one is o-n-e it's there <laughs> So it's like, it's not the number, it's, it's like spelled out, and it's dark, it's hard to see. Oh, they're on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, right? <laughs> I just talk about my setup. The, the mic volume it's controls. Yeah. Oh. You could understand why our early episodes were so fucked yeah. up all the time. <laughs> they weren't that bad. Uh, compared, compared to the newer episodes, yeah. Like if you a, listen to like episode one and then you listen to episode last week, it's like yeah. I really try to discourage any new listeners to start with episode one. Like I, <laughs> yeah, actually one or two. I'm like, go in anywhere you want, just don't do one or two. Is one Spider-Man three or is that like the preview episode? One is, is that, Fast and Furious. Okay, zero is like Spider-Man three or whatever. Yeah, and I might one day like fix, re-edit, and like make Spider-Man three into a workable episode. See, I wish we had the the, the, the BDM remastered <laughs> edition, exactly. the special editions BDM. Yeah, right. Director's cut. Steve wouldn't let me call it that. I'm sure. Of it. If you want water, there's one for you, by the way. Oh, actually, let me get one of those real quick. I'll be right back. The water. No, yeah, we don't have a water for you, Pappy. <laughs> yeah, figures. Typical. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta do that Spider-Man three thing at some point. 
Well, it's not like you're already doing 40 hours a week of, of editing plus 40 hours a week of work. <laughs> 44 this week, but yeah. Oh, that's it? 44? Yeah. Dude, that's... Yeah, those are rookie numbers, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they won't let me work more than four hours over time. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. See, the last two nights, I worked until like... Well, not last night, but the two nights before, I worked until like 9 o'clock at night. It was gnarly. Yeah, you were telling me about that. I mean, that's why I removed it. Yeah. We were putting this like this new... Um, like a circuit breaker panel in this guy's house. And it's like a, it's a brand new technology where um, all the circuit breakers... Um, connect to wi-fi and then there's a monitoring system oh yeah so no, you, you, were, you tell me about it yeah so you can monitor but you were saying it had to be wired no 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 this is totally different the one i was talking to you about was like it was a solar project and whatever oh, okay, okay but this sorry, is sorry. this is a new one so this is like every circuit breaker in your house right like every breaker that monitors are or that's connected to your your plugs your fridge, your oven, lights, I mean like everything in the entire house, right? You can, um, it, it reports back to this app um, uh, and you can see how much power you're consuming. Um, you can see all time how much power you're using or conserving. Um, so you can remotely deactivate breakers. Because the monitoring tool makes this available? Like the monitoring yeah, each, hardware? Each breaker um, uh, has a um, modem. Uh, basically, yeah, it's it's Wi-Fi capable. Each breaker, including their, well, it's probably like, a modem, right? It probably converts it into digital, like wh- whatever. I, I don't know exactly. That's really I don't cool. know this. I don't know the big details of it, but I know that that's how it works. And and then the app on your phone corresponds with the panel, so you can you can um, check for uh, power consumption, arc fault tripping, or that's ground fault really tripping. Cool. Is that like a, a thing that comes with like new houses? No, it's brand new, dude. It's like it's like eight thousand dollars to put this thing in your house. It, but it'll probably be one of those things that'll be. It's a thing of the future for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of new builds, new houses, like big money houses, they're putting stuff in like this. Walt Disney tech. Houses yeah. of the future. I know, right? <laughs> Steamboat Willie. Couldn't you just like use like a smart plug and like just stick it in your outlet and have like the same like measurements? Or is that? Yeah, essentially. But um, this goes actually back to the main circuit panel. So oh. uh, you're getting. You're getting all the information. More sophisticated information. Yeah. yeah. You're, you, um, you're getting the full AC flow on each circuit, um, as well as like, you know, dedicated circuits for your fridge, your oven, your stove, and everything like that. Washer and dryer. I mean, every part of the house that has a dedicated a circuit goes through there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like one of those like <clears throat> mysteries of life. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, well, then like, okay, so say say you're on vacation because you're a big baller and you're on vacation for a couple months and you go, oh, fuck, I'm not going to be home for three months. So I need to turn my pool shit off. You can deactivate your pool breaker from right there. And then you're not running your pool filter and all that crap for no reason. Your pool heater, you know. Oh, man, I can hear that. I can feel the conspiracy theorists freaking out about right. this. <laughs> right. This is like a dad's wet dream everywhere. Like, you left yeah. your light on for too long yesterday. <laughs> all right. I test, think we're test, ready. Test. Yeah, let me t- test, test, test. How, how am I sounding? Am I right? I was <clears throat> I was recording earlier to get your level. Oh, you did? I was, yeah. Oh, cool. While you were talking about it. Yeah, and I think we're still good from the other day. Oh, good. So since it's the three of us and the two of you together, I'll probably just like 
say things like, what did you guys think? Then either one of you just jump in and... I have like a few topics to talk about, okay. but there's a lot of ground to go. Okay. Go like this if you want to take the mic, and I won't talk. And um, uh, I'll do this. I'm really curious to see what you want, what what you say though, because you're not the sports guy. You yeah. Know? I mean, I probably not as much to say as you, so I'm going to lean on you a little bit. But yeah, it's, so that way we don't interrupt each other because it's going to be probably a little bit trickier for him to edit because it's two people on one track. Yeah. Because uh, he all can't. Good. All right. Cool. I mean, are are we gonna like go through these like chronologically, or is it just gonna kind of like bounce around? Or you have? I think we're gonna bounce, right? Yeah, mostly bounce. Like my topics are kind of chronological, but like for example, starting with like Earl Woods, I would say let's just talk everything about yeah. like Earl Woods. You know what I mean? Like he's like the first thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that I have. All right. And then it's gonna be less linear than a Big Dumb movie for sure. Yeah, documentaries are kind of hard, but they're fun. Yeah. Golf guy, I'm ready. You guys ready? Yeah, make sure you're not too loud on the mic so it doesn't get picked up, or on the headphones. I mean, all right. I'm still on number bad. one, right? Yeah. Sorry. What'd you say? Go. You can count us down. Okay. On go. Three, two, one, go. That was spoilers.